0: So, you just got your first job, or maybe you're still job hunting. It's a pretty exciting time, and you should be proud and excited about this accomplishment and the next step in your transition to adulthood. But, before receiving your very first paycheck, there are a couple things that you should know and understand about your salary and about salary deductions. So, in today's episode, I'd like to share some of these things with you. Keep listening. Welcome to the Infinity Talk Podcast, where we have endless discussions about money, taxes, and small business finances. I am your host, Sharon Thomas, and I specialize in accounting, bookkeeping, and finances. Every week, my goal is to provide you with financial insights, useful tips, and resources that individuals and businesses like yourself can use to manage your finances and grow your business. Thank you for joining us. And I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Let's get started. Hi guys, and welcome back to this week's episode. Today, we're going to talk about your paycheck and understanding some of the common documents and deductions that you might encounter, especially if you're getting your very first paycheck. Before we get into these deductions though, I want to highlight an important distinction between gross pay and net pay. Gross pay is the amount your employer has agreed to pay you. This is the amount that you would see stated in your terms of engagement or your offer letter when you first get a new job. However, this is quite different from your net pay. Your net pay is what is commonly referred to as your take-home pay. And is the amount after all your deductions are applied. This is the amount you would see credited to your bank account or on your paycheck. So let's get into these deductions. There are two types of deductions that you can see on your paycheck. The first one is statutory deductions. These are deductions. Your employer is legally required to deduct from your paycheck on behalf of the government. Our statutory deductions are PAYE taxes or income taxes, NIS deductions and health surcharge. Then there are other deductions and these are voluntary deductions that you may choose to opt into throughout your working life. So we'll start by talking about statutory deductions. The first and one of the more common statutory deductions is NIS deductions national insurance contributions are mandatory and they are made to the national insurance board your employer is legally required to contribute two-thirds of your nis contributions on your behalf while you will contribute the other one-third from your salary to calculate this your employer would use predetermined rates established by nis board or the national insurance board The rate you pay is also dependent on your wage or salary bracket, so that as your salary increases, the rate of NIS contributions by your employer and by yourself will also increase. But what is the purpose of these contributions? NIS contributions act as a form of retirement savings for the future. The idea is that over your working life, you make small contributions that will accumulate to form a retirement benefit or grant when you get to retirement age. For us women as well, NIS is also important because it also pays a maternity benefit in the event that you become pregnant. NIB also provides other grants and benefits. I'll leave a link in the description notes to all of the benefits they provide. When you first become employed, your employer will ask you for an NIS number. If you don't have one, you would need to apply for one. Most employers will assist you with this process, which is fairly simple. All you would need to do is have a form of identification and to complete an application form. There is a section on the application form where your employer is required to stamp and fill in some of their information as well. The National Insurance Board will then issue you a card with your number, which will then be used for the remainder of your working life. So that's NIS. The second statutory deduction is health surcharge, which is deducted as a small contribution to the public health care system. Your employer will deduct a small amount of $8.25 per week, If you are paid monthly, this will amount to $33 per month if there are four Mondays in the month and $41.25 if there are five Mondays in the month. Both NIS and Health Surcharge use the amount of Mondays in the month to determine how much should be deducted each month or each fourth night as the case may be. Health surcharge is paid to the Board of Inland Revenue, unlike NIS, which is paid to National Insurance Board. The final category of statutory deductions that we'll talk about will be taxes. If you are eligible for income tax, then your employer would need to deduct PAYE from your salary each month. To learn more about whether or not you are eligible for income taxes, check out my podcast episode on tax-free income. For your employer to deduct taxes, you will need two important documents. The first is your BIR letter. This is a very important document that states your BIR number, your letter ID, and your individual income tax number, all of which you need to file tax returns and conduct tax matters in the future. Your BIR letter can also be used for various purposes such as filing your e-tax return, recording your health surcharge contributions and any other tax related matters. Sometimes it is also used as a proof of address. So some financial institutions accept it as a proof of address when you are conducting various business and personal transactions another document your employer will also ask you to complete if you are starting a new job is a td1 form and this is usually done before your first salary is issued a td1 form is a document which allows you to declare the tax deductions that you are eligible for so that your employer can deduct the correct amount of taxes from your salary Now, what a TD-1 does is it applies all of your eligible deductions to your monthly salary so you pay less taxes during the year. If you do not declare your deductions on a TD-1, you will have to claim any tax deductions when filing your annual tax return. To learn more about tax deductions, you can check out my podcast, Episode 2 on Tax Deductions, for more information. If you want an example of what a TD-1 form looks like, I will also leave one in the description notes for you. So that's it for our statutory deductions. Now let's talk a little bit about other deductions. Other deductions are not required by law, but more so something that you have opted into. So some examples are private health or life insurance plans pension fund plans or schemes, um, maybe a loan from the bank or savings to your credit unions or to your banks, you know, optional stuff like that. These deductions are optional and unique to each employee. So what usually happens is if you want any of these deductions to come directly from your salary, a letter of authorization is usually used to inform your employer That you have agreed, for example, to have your health insurance or life insurance company or your bank take a certain amount from your check each month. You can have as many of these optional deductions as you'd like and they are very useful, especially if you're using them as a form of automatic savings, especially to your bank or to your credit union. So, just to recap everything we spoke about today, your paycheck consists of deductions that are both legal and non-legal. Your statutory or legal deductions are NIS, health surcharge, charge and taxes if you're eligible. Any other deductions are optional and would require an authorization letter to your employer to have the money taken directly from your salary. That's it for today's episode, guys. Thank you for listening. I'm confident that you are ready to receive your first paycheck. And if you already get a paycheck, you understand more about how these deductions work and how they are applied to your salary. Before you go, stay tuned for today's Infinity Gems. Another document you should expect from your employer when starting a new job is a terms of engagement letter, sometimes called an offer letter. Your employer should issue you with a form and letter outlining the terms of your engagement. So this letter should entail stuff like your start date, the period of employment, including any probationary or temporary periods. Um, the amount of salary that you would earn, included any allowances or bonuses, working days and hours, entitlements to sick leave and vacation days and personal days, and of course your job description. Although an offer letter is not an official contract, it's still useful as it can always be used as a reference point in the case of any irregularities during employment. And this is more common than you think. So, when starting a new job, always ensure that you receive an official terms of engagement or offer letter from your employer. That's it for today, guys. Until next time. Thanks for taking the time to join us on this episode of the Infinity Talk podcast. I hope that I was able to leave you with gems that can help you to improve your personal or small business finances. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star rating and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. All episodes can be found on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Remember, any financial information shared on this podcast is not to be considered as professional, financial, or tax advice and should not be solely relied upon please contact your chartered accountant or tax advisor for an opinion on your specific circumstances. I look forward to having you on the podcast next week. Until then, continue to walk in your purpose, dream big, and live the life you've always imagined.